I was thinking about a lot of things this week, but, oh, guys, we got a direction this morning, but I'm going to tell you, I got a lot of things brewing. I think it all goes together. I have a message, so don't worry about that. But, um, prepared, but, um, yeah, I'm prepared, but uh, sometimes God wants to do whatever he wants, though. That's the thing about God. He does whatever he wants. And uh, so, you know, so praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it, that like happy Christians are a surprise to some people. Huh. It should be a surprise if you're not happy and you're a Christian. I mean, I, for heaven's sake, you got eternal life. It's pretty good. You know, for heaven's sake. Yeah, for God's sake. It is for his sake. And it's for yours, too. But, um, wow. Whoo, wow, there's a presence of the Lord right now. I don't want to move on yet. Just, just receive from the Lord right where you're sitting. Come on. Oh, yeah, he loves you so much, you know. He loves us so much. Thank you for your... Ooh. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Have your way, God. Have your way, Lord. Wow. You're alive. You're present. You're here. <laughs> oh. Yes, God. Yay. How many know if... If he's the God that created everything, he's among us. Can't be surprised that we feel his presence. Lord, we love you so much. We really love you. There is nobody like you. There's just nobody like you at all. You're holy. You're above it all. You're other than. There's nobody in your category. You're not, you're not even just better than, than anything else. There, nothing could, could be compared with you. You're, just to look at you is... Oh, it changes us. To gaze on you. We gaze on you this morning. Even if with our, with our, with our natural eyeballs, we can't see... You, yet with the eyes of faith, we see you and with the eyes of our heart, we behold you and and we sense you and we hear you. We feel you. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. We acknowledge you. How about that? We acknowledge you. We acknowledge you and and we say you're the you're the most important one in this in this room. And in this world, and in the universe, in all of heaven. <laughs> uh, I heard somebody share once about how they had a heavenly encounter where they got caught up in the heaven. And, they, and this particular encounter was that, um, was that anytime somebody or an angel was to mention the Lord in this encounter when they were there in heaven. They couldn't just say the Lord. They had this like, they had to expound on it. Like, 
They had to name, name him like several ways and describe some of his attributes. And they, because they couldn't just say God, they just, they had to go on and on about him every time they mentioned him. Yeah. Wow. So. Thank you, Father. Before I forget, um, the Ross family is uh, enjoying their vacation. And they, he asked me to, uh, to thank you all this morning and uh, for blessing, blessing their family. They are having a really great time. And I was so glad to hear that. And uh, so anyway, thank you from the Ross family. Yeah. And uh, we're glad to be here this morning. We were over on the coast the last few days. We spent three nights over there at Patrick's Point camping. And we got up this morning, early this morning, finished loading up our van and drove straight here. Really good to be here. And uh, it was just one of those... One of those uh, few days over there where the weather just doesn't get better. And so, yay. It was sunny and in the 60s. My daughter Chelsea pointed out, she says, it's 50 degrees cooler here than in Reading. <laughs> 50 degrees. That's a lot. Anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing, huh? Boy. Um, well... You know, I've been thinking about the church and um, and who we are. And uh, but I was talking to Amy on the way here this morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we've already we acknowledged you, but we also just say, "Come, come, Holy Spirit, come in this place, <laughs> come in this place, God," because there is so much more of you. Yeah, thank you for revealing yourself to us this morning. Yeah, for knitting us together in your presence. God, knitting our hearts together. Yeah, thank you for that. And just have your way. We ask for your spirit of wisdom and revelation to be poured out on us so that we would hear the depths of what's being said far more than just the words. That we would have... It's one thing to hear words, it's another thing to understand. And, and so this morning we thank you, God, for understanding that is deep and supernatural in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you know, I was just saying, I'm going to start here. I, I, I was saying to Amy on the way here this morning, something I've been thinking about, um, is that, you know, there is no lack in God. Our father has no weaknesses. (laughs) He never gets tired. He never is short on money. He's never too busy. He is never without healing power. He's never without the desire to heal. He's He's never without compassion. He's never without love. He's never without a groan in his heart that the world will be saved. He's never, ever, there's not one broken person in the world that he says, well, it, and that's what I created you for, that you, that somebody has to do that, and I've made you to be that. No. He has actually beliefs in the world. Some people believe those things, religions. It is so sad. But our God is a redeeming God. And I was thinking about how this great God of ours, you know, 
he he's magnificent and glorious and, and awesome in every way. And yet there's something to the nature of God that he there's something about the nature of God where uh, he likes to clothe this magnificence and this glory in what you would call humble covering. I mean, Jesus Christ is the perfect example. When God himself, do you realize like God could have revealed himself all kinds of ways, right? Like he could have just went like onto the earth, you know, like here I am, glory, except for it probably would have been like, and that would have been over. And, um, you know, just not because he's bad, but because he's just that powerful. And, um, and so he takes all his glory all his magnificence, his love, his compassion, his power. And he takes on the most fragile form of a human, a human being. Right? And he, takes, and, he, and he takes on, and he becomes human in such a way that he walks among us and that he did it all the way. So much so that so many people couldn't tell that God was walking around in the flesh. But yet he was still fully man. And and so that's a perfect example. Like he he takes he takes what is magnificent and glorious himself and all his ways, his attributes, and he he clothes them in humility. And uh, I, I remember once I was reading a book called The Final Quest. And this man, Rick Joyner, had a vision years and years ago. And in this vision, he went on this whole journey with God. And at one point he got all this armor. Right. We believe in the armor of God, put on the full armor of God. Right. And um, and uh, and he got a little further with the Lord. And this angel hands him this cloak to put on over his armor. But his cloak is like drab and dull and kind of oldish. And and he's thinking, why would I put that on over this? This magnificence. And they said, this is the cloak of humility. It is the highest and when he put it on, all the angels around began to kneel. And they, they weren't worshiping him, but they were honoring this, this humility. Like heaven recognizes humility. It's amazing, isn't it? And so it's part, we're not preaching on, we're not talking about humility today. But there is something about the nature of God where he hides away his goodness and his glory. Not from people, but because he delights in faith. And also because faith and humility is the only safe way to really experience this great God. Isn't that amazing? So he makes a door that's humble called faith, which is a big subject. But basically what faith is, is that we're not going to lean on our own mind and our own understanding and what we think we know about the world and God and how things ought to be. And instead, we submit to God's way and we take him at his word and we say, maybe I don't understand, but you said it, so it's true. And I'm going to do it your way. And I'm going to... And you can't do that without humbling yourself. And when you humble yourself and you approach God in faith, then you begin to encounter God and his greatness. And I was thinking about how... So many people come around us, 
spirit-filled people, temples of the living God, filled with the Spirit of God, and yet I see, I've seen people saved, I've seen people, I've seen healings, I've seen miracles, you have too. But I've also seen the broken walk away, seemingly broken. I've seen people with their minds all spun out, talking to themselves or, or worse on the sidewalk. And, and I think, God, like, you're not lacking. Your arm's not too short. Your power isn't lacking. You're not saying, well, I love the people in the church building, but I don't really, it's okay if that guy's like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and yet, and yet we as Christians, we sometimes wonder, like, but, but then why? And then when I really think about it, what I realize is we're often waiting on God to do something. But He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. And, and I, and I thought, well, I just feel so small sometimes in those situations. And it's a good, it's a good way to feel because you really are by yourself. But God is great. And, and, um, and I thought, well, like God, what's it going to take? You know, I realized that if he's not lacking power, compassion, all the things, even the desire to heal, if he's not lacking all this and, he's, and he, he doesn't want anyone to perish, right, in any way, then what? Well, he's waiting on something from me. And then, and then when you think that thought, here's what you could be tempted to do. All kinds of Christian calisthenics. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, oh, I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read my Bible for two hours every day. Then I'm going to see the broken healed. And, you know, well, that, you know, if you read your Bible for two hours every day, you won't be sorry. But, but the fact is, we can't earn anything from God. Not even more faith. And even when we talk about faith, we, we think, we think, oh, well, you know, you know, only faith pleases God. And we think, well, I better have more faith. I'm going to flex my faith muscles. I'm going to work hard on faith. You know, you know what I mean? And then pretty soon, even though faith comes out of surrender and rest, pretty soon we're making faith a job. We make everything a job. Like when, when it's left to us, we make it a job. You know what I'm saying? And, we, and we, we start relying on our own strength. And yet God is saying, no, 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 you can rest. And so this is a big lead up to what we're talking about this morning, which which is this. And I think this is what I think. I think, you know what? Faith, great faith comes from rest. Do you know, the greatest faith, uh, the times I've experienced the greatest faith in my life was the times I've been in the, great, in the greatest surrender of soul. And that's what souls are for, by the way. They're for surrendering. They're for lifting up. Did you realize that? Amazing. Yeah, souls are for lifting up. They're for, you're going to lift your soul to something. That's a whole other thing. But that's powerful. It's a powerful thought. Everybody on this planet is lifting up their soul to something. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. Every human is aiming those things at something. 
you can't, you can't, you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. You can only point it. And and when you point it at God, when you lift it to Him, you you start to find Him. And and um, and then and then the way that you meet Him is the way that you keep going. That's one thing I love. God doesn't like He doesn't switch things around on you, so it changes. Like uh, you know, He's just like same thing. Just surrender. Just come to me. I'm your source. I'm the vine. Rest in me. And so I was thinking, you know, I believe that we're going to see um, in this, in our time, I believe it's God's heart that we see the broken restored in a way that maybe you and I have never seen. Because there's not one, like, you know, like, I hate that sometimes we settle how about we? So we, I'll just say me. I hate that sometimes because when you, when I, when I see a situation, it's like, I know that God's big enough for that, but for some reason, I don't have the faith for that. And then there's some level of acceptance of the situation. And, um, and so I believe that God is inviting us to gaze on Him and to see Him in a way that we've never seen him before, right? Because if the if the if the if walking with God gets boring, something's changed, right? It, we we can't gaze at God and get bored. Now you can do Christian routine and get bored quick, but you can't gaze at God and get bored. Nobody's bored in heaven. Nobody's bored in heaven. I mean, they can't even sit on their thrones, the 24 elders. They can't even relax. They just keep going, oh, there he is again. Throw the crown down. And, um, I mean, you've got to stay in shape in heaven. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I better read a Bible verse. Um, But Mountain Chapel is a place where people encounter God. I've encountered God here. You've encountered God here. Students have come for the course and they've encountered God here. I'm telling you, I've seen it year after year. It's amazing. They come. We dangle from some ropes. And... And get transformed by God. I don't know how. What? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like God's everywhere. But um, but he's but he's here in a special way. Yeah, got that. And and um, and he's here in a unique way. And I believe that one of the things that that we are here at Mountain Chapel, part of our identity, I believe, is that God has called us to be a place. Where people encounter the presence. I was dreaming a little bit on the way up here this morning. I just thought, I thought, what if we, what if we just hosted the presence in such a way that we could just say like, what, you need a healing? What do you need? Oh, your mind is confused or you're, you know, you're double minded. You're struggling here or there. Listen, no shame. Here's what we want to do. Come into this room. Sit down in that chair and just don't do anything. Just sit there in God's presence or lay there in God's presence. And you can stay there as long as you need to. And who knows? Then God comes and touches them and does things that we don't know could be done. 
And if we knew, we wouldn't have known how to do it anyway. And, and, um, and what does that look like? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a, maybe we'll have a retreat center. Maybe we'll, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just dreaming. Let's dream together. You know? And I thought when Shelly said that this morning, I thought, yes, cause that's what it says. When the Lord turned back the captivity of Zion, they were like those that dream. One of the signs of a free person is that they dream. What's interesting that in a, in a generation, that has been given so much, but has paid very little when it comes to the price. It's, it's interesting how sometimes thoughts and conversations start to come up that are very dishonoring to those who have paid a price. They don't know. They don't know. But next thing you know, you're criticizing the country that you live in. Is it perfect? No. But <laughs> please. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you could have been born anywhere. And, and I, I, I'll tell you this. I wasn't born in America because I'm better than somebody. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? I got, I didn't expect to talk about it. I just think we ought to be thankful. Like I'm, you know, walking across the parking lot with my son in the summertime last summer, I think it was. And I just had this thought. I said, you know what's amazing, son? We're walking across this parking lot together. And, you know, I always like to stay aware of my surroundings. It's just a good way to live life. But I'm walking across this parking lot at dusk, not worried one bit about anything around me. It's so safe here, relatively. And and I'm like, I just don't want to take those things for granted. And you can apply that to the kingdom or anything. And... um and we just want to be thankful, you know, because you can start to go, well, well, we should go back to, you know, I don't know, I remember growing up in church. We're going to get back to the book of Acts. And I'm like, that's where it started. Like, here's the point of this, that that when God sets you free, you start to dream. And so and, and this is the kind of life that God wants human beings to have. You know what I mean? As long as we think it's more holy to be struggling it out, maybe you have more faith if you live in Haiti or something. Maybe it's harder. I don't know if it means you have more faith or not. It's harder. Sometimes when you have less options, you're forced to lean on the only option, which is which is God. Which, but but the point is, is that this dream word. Let's dream together. Let's not dream together about. What it means to be the church based on what we've seen before. But how about based on what God says he has provided at the cross? I'm just going to preach to myself this morning, if that's all right. And, and, and so, and, and so, okay. And so, I believe That we're going to see, I believe one of the things that will lead to more of of this is when we have a deeper understanding of who we are in God and who God is in us. And who we are, you and me, as the church. And what is the church? Is it a Sunday morning gathering? No. 
You guys, we're, we're way past that, right? We know that. But, but I'm just saying, what is the church? Is it, is it, is the church the functions that we have that get? No, that's all part of family life. Families do stuff together. You know what I'm saying? It's not really churchy. This is the thing. Oh, it's a church function. No, it's a family thing. It's a family. We have movies in the meadow because families get together and watch movies or do some. Maybe don't, not all families do movies, but families do stuff together. And our family's all about growing and inviting more people in. 50, 60 something people just from the community plus our. That's amazing. So come on out to the next one, because here's what the community needs. They need more of to be around you. And we just want to mix and mingle with the community and let the light shine bright as we watch some Lego movie together. And, um, you know, who knows? Or anything. Well, I'm not saying that's what we're going to watch. We can't advertise. Um, so. All right, I'm going to breeze through some some scripture. OK, and we're going to hit this hard and fast. Um, but are you following me that I believe that when when we see more about who we are and who God has created us to be. And this this is all the same message in that I started by saying God takes magnificent things and he puts it in a humble package. He loves to do this because because then only the humble behold his glory. Because, because the humble are those who are equipped to walk with him and to actually steward the things that are seen when you're in the presence. If, you, if, you, if, you, if God lets you come into his presence lifted up with arrogance, he wouldn't survive. Not because he would want to hurt you, but because that condition cannot stand in God's presence. And so he loves us so much that he goes the only way in his humility. So he takes magnificent things. And he closed it in humility. And the church is this way. The church is this magnificent, glorious gathering that we're all here in this room. But you know what's amazing? Scripturally speaking, we're also all in heaven at the same time. So if, if this veil could be peeled away and we were to see into the spirit... Wow, we would see so much. We would see one another differently. It's important that we see each other that way after the spirit, because we all have the we're not we've, we're none of us are manifesting the perfection of Christ yet. And yet we are glorious and magnificent beings. Full of God. And and so and when we get together, God is among us. God's in here. God's in there. When we get together, something happens. Overflow. Overflow is meant to happen. And and so. uh, I'm just going to reference this verse, Psalm 133. If you want to to look at it later, go back. But Psalm 133 One of the aspects of God's house is this unity, this alignment. And it says, oh, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Okay, and 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 it says that when that happens, it says, oh, it's like the oil that pours over the head of Aaron, goes down his beard, drips down his clothes all the way down to the ground. The anointing oil of God gets everywhere. Right. 
And if, and if that's a picture of the body of Christ, it means that when you and me are rightly connected, not just to one another, Barry and I are never going to have, we can, we can connect, but we're never going to have the unity that God, the level of unity that God has for us until the reference point for our connection is the head. We're not connected because we have the same hobbies. We're connected because we have the same Lord. We have the same Father. And we have the same head. Which means there's only one way. That it's His way, the head. Alright, and so um, Genesis 8, 28 through 12. Jacob had a dream. And in his dream, he saw a stairway that was resting on earth with its top reaching into heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. Right. And John 1, 51, he said, very truly, Jesus said, very truly, I, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. The language could not be more perfect. There could not be another thing that he's referencing. You understand? I mean, when you look at the scripture, Aaron, or sorry, Jacob, he saw something. (laughs) And he woke up from that place and he said, this is none other than the house of God. Then it's cool stuff. There's a lot of types in that whole story. Then he, he takes the stone that he'd been sleeping on and he turns it up. He exalts it and he, he, he anoints and then and he makes a declaration there. I think it's interesting that one of the things Jesus said when they said, can we follow you? He said, well, birds have foxes, have holes, birds have nests. Son of, ha- son of man has no place to lay his head. Jacob laid his head on a rock. And I know that Jesus was talking about his earthly walk. In other words, I don't have a house that I'm staying at. Can't promise you a couch. If you want to follow me, I'm living an uncomfortable lifestyle right now. I just want you to know you got to leave everything, leave your nets, follow me. And and by the way, I'm not going to tell you where we're going. And I can't promise you when you're going to eat or where you're going to sleep. But you'll be glad you did. And and. um and so I know that that is one truth. But on another level, I, I actually do believe that, that there was a groan in God's heart throughout the ages that, that, that there, his son would have a bride. Or another way to put it was that the head, Christ himself, would have a body. A place for his head to rest. And unity is... I love, I tell you, I love Walt and Sharon. They've got such a heart for unity in the body. And, and I've, I love that. I've always loved Good Friday gatherings and, and, and the efforts that we make. I love that. I'm all about saying, if you got a fence, if you're, if you name the name of Christ and you built a fence to keep me out because you're not sure I'm a fellow Christian, I still think you are. So I got a fence that goes around your fence. And, and we're all, we're good. If you want to come out of your fence, we're good. 
But I can't promise, I can't decide what you're going to do. So I, but what my point is, I love those efforts. Where we're going to get, we're not going to get offended. We're not going to do God's job. Where we're going to try to decide who's saved and who's not. I mean, if you've named the name of Christ, right? I don't care if you meet on Saturday or Sunday. If your faith is in Christ, we're saved by grace through faith. And, and so if you believe that, then we're family. We're family. You don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, you believe in Christ? I'll see you in heaven. I do think when you get there, you're going to go, I could have had this the whole time. But that's okay. We're family. And, uh, and, and, and I have not arrived. I need more. <laughs> and so, um, but unity, true unity, the kind that Jesus prayed for was a work of the Spirit. It's a work of the Spirit. Only the Spirit of God can bring the kind of unity where we actually feel like one. And how many are hungry to see a greater manifestation of that? Yeah. And, and I just think that that's you and me loving each other. Surrendering our, our lives to the Lord. And really, for me, I'm like, you know what, like, the things I believe, in other words, how I'm saved, there are things that are never going to change, right? It's right here. This is the standard. There's no higher revelation in this lifetime that, that is different than this, right? If it's different than what's written in here, it's not a higher revelation. Chuck it. But... Uh, but I believe we can have a deeper unfolding revelation about the same truths. Okay. But what can change is our routines and the ways we do things. We, we can never go back. And so where we're going as a, as a church, I really believe that it's a place where God wants to bring people. I had a prophetic word uh, a week ago that God is sending out invitations. And so I guess what I want to say is... Um, one of the things I want to say is, hey, let's be ready. Because when people come in the door that you don't know, they're, they're coming into God's family. And you do this so well. But I just want to say, like, I, I think, God, I believe that word, that invitations are going out. That God's bringing people in. And I think we've seen some of it already. And, and um, but, but as they do, here's what we want to do. We want to steward well who God brings us. You know, yeah, we we want to and, and, you know, we want to throw the net and we want to get them in the boat. You know, if you're going to go with the fishing analogy and then the discipleship begins, the 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 cleaning of the fish, if you will, the teaching of the ways of God. And um, but but I think that working hard at that is not the way, but understanding that we actually are. The place, the church, is not only a gathering of human beings, but actually a place, a spiritual place that God dwells. Do you realize that? So, like, as a human, don't you know that you are the temple of God, right? 1 Corinthians 3.16. And, and, so, and so, what this means is that you are not only a person, but you are a place. And that makes us a place. Right? It's all through the scripture. The new Jerusalem. The house of God. Have you ever thought about this? We're a place. 
You're a place that God lives. You're a place that people can come. And this is a place that people can come. And they can encounter God. And I do believe in a geographical anointing because of a people that gather. I don't, I don't think God just anoints a plot of ground out in the wilderness for no reason at all. But I do believe that because of the gathering of his people in a place, there can come what we call an abiding anointing. A, a, a residing glory. And, and we've seen it. We've seen it in, in different revivals in our day. We've read about them throughout the years. And, and, and I believe that it's God's heart to do it here. What? Like, I can't do that. But, but here's the thing. God's ready to do it. And he's just looking for a yes. And, um, and so... That's going to take longer to unpack than I thought. I'm going to read this verse to you. I mentioned it last week and and just kind of going a little bit into it more this week. This idea that even though even though there's a natural aspect of things, there's always a spiritual depth in God. What am I saying? I'm saying that when we begin to look with eyes of the Spirit wherever we go, we'll begin to realize that the kingdom is much more vast, much more powerful, much more at hand than we really have recognized. I'll read this to you. Just let this affect your, your spirit, okay? This is where we are. Hebrews 12:22 But you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem just think about this this is who we are get the images let the images close your eyes if it helps you just just let the images imprint and see this see where you are the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the myriads of angels. So there's those. Here we are. We're in the heavenly Jerusalem. Look at that. Myriads of angels. And to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous people made perfect. Whew. Whoa. Look at all these people. They're righteous. They've been made perfect. What is this place? And to Jesus, there he is, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Would you stand with me? Lord, you've been speaking this morning, even through all the ones that were sharing, throughout the different words that were given. Fenton had us take a step forward this morning, stepping into the more. And I really believe that's what's happening this morning. There's a stir in the spirit. There's a stir in the spirit. Ah, oh, we had a healing testimony that we didn't get shared. Um, 
That's okay. We can do it now. Come up here. Who, who had that healing testimony? Just stay in this atmosphere. We're going to release this testimony. Is she here still? There she comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, just let him touch you where you're at today. Yeah. Let him stir, stir you up. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, Shelly. Just remember, whenever we share a testimony, I think it's a great time to share a testimony because it's ministry time this morning. And, uh, and so a testimony is always a prophetic word about what the Lord will do again. And so this morning, when you hear this, you need healing. Actually, I just feel a healing grace being released. And so you had a friend healed last week? Yeah. Um, we brought some friends with us from our neighborhood in Arizona. And um, I had shared it with my daughter, Sally, yesterday. And, of course, she puts me on the spot and says, Mom, you need to share that at church. It's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. So they came, and um, my friend had had surgery on both her feet, one in the winter and one in the spring. Some pretty gnarly surgeries, actually. Mm. And um, she, it's been difficult for her. She walks a little and has to put her feet up. And so... They were sitting back there with us, and um, you had put out a prophetic word about healing, and she threw her hand up, and she was surrounded and prayed for, and we went, you know, we went about our day. We went to the lake after that, (laughs) and um, she texted me yesterday and said, just so you know, and with a bunch of emojicons, just so you know, I've not had any pain since Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Yay, God. Wow. Lord, we thank you, God. Wow. After surgeries. Thank you, God. Wow. If you need healing in your feet, receive it this morning. If you need healing anywhere in your body, just receive it this morning. From the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Would uh, the ministry team just begin to come up? And this morning, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, uh, I want to give you an opportunity, very quickly and simply, not going to draw it out, but if you don't know the Lord this morning, and you want to, it's very, very simple. Jesus said He will never turn you away. He said, I'll never turn anyone away who comes to me. And and this morning, if you're feeling a prompting inside, I want to tell you that's God. And He Himself is saying, come to me. I love you. And so if that's you this morning, you don't know the Lord, would just raise your hand and you're saying, I want to know the Lord. I want to walk with the Lord. Go ahead, wherever you are. Just going to look around. Okay, we'll praise God. Well, they're coming in. They're coming in. Get ready. And uh, if you need prayer this morning, please come forward.